Hello, and welcome back to the Women's Soccer Podcast. Today is an unexpected episode and definitely off our schedule, but I wanted to tune in to an episode on the U.S. Women's National Team Women's World Cup qualifying roster drop. It came out today. The preliminary roster came out last week as I was recording, you know, the, um, Angel City episode, which is now up, obviously, but I figured, like, I was thinking about it. I gotta do one for you guys. The U.S. Women's National Team is the most historic women's soccer team, and when they drop a roster like this, I have to, um, you know, kind of show what's happening. So, I'm gonna go first over, like, I'm doing an episode on the tournament preview, which is going to be coming out in July, like right before the tournament. I'm also doing one of the Women's Euros, so that one will be a good one as well. But this one is going to be just on the U.S. Women's National Team, so don't worry. I'm going to be covering, you know, other teams in that tournament, like Canada, Mexico, Jamaica. Those will all be covered along with the U.S. in the next episode. But if you're looking for a U.S. Women's National Team Pacific episode. I've got one for you guys right here. So let's look over. So on his preliminary roster, he did, he called up six keepers. We know that, right? He called up his six goalies. I mean, he had 59 players on that squad. That's a staggering amount of people. Like that's, for the amount of players that he called up, it's kind of surprising that, like, he didn't spend longer to look at all of them. I don't really get the... I mean, if someone down below would like to help explain it to me, why did he call up all these people? Did, I thought that they would, like, you know, get to train and stuff. But the 23 rosters now, like, a lot of those players were probably ruled out. They're all with their NWSL team. So are they leaving? Like, I'm going to a U.S. Women's National Team game next... I mean, sorry. And the Gotham game next week against the Wave. Just let me let me know down below. You know, just I love hearing from you guys. And speaking of, if you'd like to be featured in a future episode, you can drop a five star review down below along with a women's soccer related question. So, okay, so he called up actually seven keepers. That was my mistake. So he did Bixby, Kingsbury, Campbell, French, Murphy, Nayer, and Tullis Joyce. Everyone's been loving Tolis Joyce so far. It's a great, you know, story to have an undrafted player be one of the best goalkeepers in the NWSL. It shows that, you know, there's many different routes for players, even if you aren't a drafted um, person. But she was an, uh, one of those players that I think a lot of people may have been most disappointed about not making that U.S. team. The three goalkeepers that made this team, by the way, were Kingsbury of the Washington Spirit, Murphy of the North Carolina Courage, and Nayer of the um, Chicago Red Stars. So Bixby of the Portland Thorns, you know, she's a good goalie. She does, she, you know, she hasn't had too much action with the U.S. Women's National Team. I don't think she's actually appeared in a match before, but, you know, I think she's a good young keeper for the future. Same with Tolis Joyce. They're just so young, you know. I think they'll definitely be keepers down the line. And Murphy's another young keeper, but, you know, we saw her perform in those matches against Australia last year. Not really a surprise to see her getting the call up, even after the injury, you know. The goalkeeping spot is one of the spots that is weaker on the U.S. Women's National Team. 
not unlimited depth there. There's there's some good depth, don't get me wrong. They've got a lot of really good goalkeepers compared to, like, other national teams. But, like, there's no one real goalie, which I think is a lot of concerning to some people. And to other people, they see it as, like, oh, wow, like, great. You know, we got competition. Other people are like, oh, I think we need one superstar keeper, like, what a hope solo was before. So, yeah, we got Murphy, who's competing with um, Mayer for that spot. They also called up Kingsbury, who I saw in person a few, oh, like a week ago, when she played against Gotham. You know, she's a good keeper. It, there wasn't that game, honestly. There wasn't too much action on her except for the one goal that Gotham scored. So I'm not going to judge her based on that game. But she was a good keeper. Um, we know she's a good keeper. She's very experienced. Has won a few NWSL goalkeeper of the year award so I think it's no surprise to see her getting called up but it is surprising to see players I think like French and Campbell getting left off I don't think anyone's too shocked about Bixby and Tullis Joyce but goalkeepers like French and Campbell have been such you know veterans of this U.S. women's national team I think it's a little bit surprising to see that they are getting left off but you know I think that he did make the right choice French hasn't been the most you know consistent for the current this year neither has Campbell so I think that it makes sense you know let them spend some time with their NWSL clubs so I think yeah and also I was wanted to let you guys know would you have it interesting to be like looking over all the players in July it's going to be like chaos for the NWSL you know they're gonna a lot of teams are gonna be missing their you know superstar players but do you guys want me to do an episode specifically on the impacts of each team like who they're gonna be missing I think that would be a fun one I'm probably gonna do one next week maybe some midweek we'll see how this episode schedule goes so now let's I'm gonna move on to the defenders so let's look at um the preliminary roster had a astounding amount of defenders. I'm going to read them off as quickly as possible. Alana Cook, Amani Dorsey, Caprice Didasco, Emily Fox, Naomi Gurma, Sam Hyatt, Sophia Huerta, Alex Lera, Haley Mace, Emily Mason, Merritt Mathias, Kristen McNabb, Emily Mingus, Kelly O'Hara, Carson Pickett, Becky Sauerbun, Emily Sonnet, and Sam Stop. A lot of you know, there's three Washington Spirit defenders there. I think that kind of stands out and shows that they got some good talent in their back line. But when you're looking at that team, I think that there's a few players that you already automatically have in, right? You're looking at the left box spot. Sorry, excuse me, left back spot. I think that we all knew that Emily Fox was going to make it just because of the lack of depth that is just naturally there at the left back spot due to, you know, um, done being away on maternity leave so I think we all knew that she was going to make it no surprise Lana Cook I think has been consistent for the rain this year she's a good center back I'm just going to now start going down in alphabetical order Dorsey and Idasco are two Gotham fullbacks they're good players I just don't think that they're U.S. women's national team level players I think they could be on any other and this is said for a lot of the players here they could be on any other well, maybe not any other, but they could be on national teams all around the world. Just the U.S. has so many good players that are competing for those spots. So, yeah, I just think that's kind of the thing. Next, we got Gurma and Hyatt, two center backs. I think Gurma um, is a great player. We really, I think as NWSL fans have come to appreciate the partnership she's created in the Vednet back line. Sadly, you know, Abby Dahlkemper's injury. We haven't gotten to see them together yet, but Gurma's still been, you know, fantastic 
probably having a lot more asked of her with no doll comper, but she's still been really good. I think we could all agree with that. And Hyatt, again, one of those other players, you know, young and promising, great center back for the rain, a good partner with Cook. I just think Cook is, and Gurma are two center backs that are just a step ahead of her for this moment. Huerta, good player. I think that she's a great fullback. Like, for the rain. There's no doubting that. She's an easy call-up in my mind. Luera Mason. This next stretch is a lot of players that didn't get called up. Luera is another great young player. We'll see her, along with Mace. Mace has already been called up. Luera, you know, I think she's a great rookie. We'll see about her them in the future. I think they could definitely get some spots. And, like, if you go five, six, seven years down the line, when they're, you know, the veterans of the team. Emily Mason, you know, she's still... In college, I mean, she's she's got a lot of time left. I, I don't think anyone was that surprised. Um, you know, she plays for Rutgers in college. She is a good defender that will, like, you know. But she was just called up in February to the U-20 national team, so I think it would have been surprising if she made such a big jump, you know, from U-20 to the, you know, U.S. women's national team. Mary Mathias, another good right back. I just think there's too much competition for her with the AIDS after her ACL injury. I think she kind of just fell out of the team. You know, the, you've got, now you've got a Costa Huerta who's playing at the right back position. Back position. You've got O'Hara. You have um, Sonnet who can play there. I think we know that. I think that I do agree with um, what Lisa Roman of the Attacking Third podcast said. I do think Sonnet's a better at center back. But um, I think that, you know, we'll see the partnership most likely of Sauerbrunn and Cook with Gurma on the bench. But I think, yeah, it's kind of disappointing. No Tierna Davidson. That's another one of the, well, not another, yeah, another big miss. You know, you have no Sam Mewis, no Dahl Kemper, no Macario, no Lynn Williams. So, yeah, and obviously... Yeah, those are the players that, like, missed this team, the provisional squad, entirely. So, I'm sorry for them. Kristen McNabb, another good NWSL veteran. Oh, same with Emily Mangus. Two good players. I don't really think I was expecting them to get called up. But, you know, I think that they have a good future ahead of them. I think they'll could continue to be solid players for their club teams. O'Hara, definite call-up. I think we all knew that. Carson Pickle is an interesting one with the lack of depth at left back, as we've mentioned. But I think that's just with um, Fox's youth, it gives her a little bit more of an advantage. Because, you know, Pickett is an older player. Um, we all know that, like, Emily Fox was just, like, drafted. Or at least it feels like it. Like, Carson Pickett is 28 years old. Emily Fox was drafted in that Rodman draft class last year in 2021 and she is only 23 years old so that kind of gives her a big advantage I would say personally so I think that yeah she's another good player that to add on the team as a reserve picket we'll see if she gets any playing time Sauerbrunn and Sonnet again two players I mentioned already kind of in the team Staub another good young player for the future center back you know I think we'll see her in the future Looking at the midfielders, there's a lot of players in the midfield. You know, a good amount of college players. You've got Crooks, Bethinoon. Um, you have in the midfield, you've got another few college players in J- Jenna Nyswong and Emily Mod- Modril. So I don't think anyone expected them to make the team. You know, 
again, no disrespect to any of these college players. To even get named in this preliminary roster at such a young age is amazing. But I think that at this moment, the U.S. women's national team has kind of a core that it's going to keep, at least for the next few years, I would say. Sam Coffey, great midfielder for the Thorns. I'd say a bit of a, you know, shocker. I don't think anyone expected her to be playing at such a high level. I think it'll be, hope. I hopefully, I think a lot of people would hopefully want to see her in those matches. You know, maybe she'll get some playing time as a reserve along with, you know, Jalen Howell in the midfield, who's a reserve. You've got Lindsay Horan, who's in there, obviously, and Hamilton G. Bernardo, two good NWSL veterans. I like that, you know, they got the, the the honorable mention, but again, don't think they're U.S. Women's National Team level. Um, and again, when I say they're not U.S., U.S. Women's National Team level is, like, over the moon. Like, that is the best you can be. Those are the best players in the world. Just making it to the NWSL, you are an extremely talented player, and I want to reiterate that as well. Just, you know, mention that. Clough and Jamelo, again, players for the future. They're Rookies in the NWSL this year. We'll definitely get to see more of them. Korniak was a, I think, like, was a player that got on there due to injuries, but no lack of credit for her. She's worked so hard in that wave team. She's such an influential playmaker now. It's great to see her stepping up and, like, taking the role. And we know a lot of really good NWSL players have been missing this year, I think. So it's good to see those younger players take the torch. You know, she was picked in that 2020 draft as the third pick by the Pride. She got traded to the Wave, head of the expansion draft. And so, yeah, I think it's good to see her. Roosevelt, she's Roosevelt. Like, what do you expect me to tell you? She's going to make that team. She is one of the best midfielders in this league. McCaskill is another one who I don't think is there right now, form-wise. Christy Mewis is an interesting one. She's one of my favorite players. You know, she's a hometown Gotham FC player for me, so I'm happy for her to get the call up, but a little disappointed that she'll be missing a lot of matches in July. You have Andy Sullivan as well, who's another player that I believe got that call up. Yeah, she got it. She has 27 caps to the U.S. Women's National Team, three goals. Good CDM to hold it down there. I think that no Juilliards, she could be that starting CDM. I think we could see her ran and Lavelle in the midfield with, you know, um, Sullivan at that CDM position. Finally, in the midfield, Danny Weatherhole, a great six in the NWSL, good player to play in that CDM role for Angel City. But again, I just don't think she's at that U.S. Women's National Team level. Okay, so now let's move on to the forwards. This is that part of the U.S. Women's National Team that everyone loves and knows. You got your Morgan fans, your Pino fans, who are. Um, Spoiler alert, both on this U.S. women's national team. So let's get into it. So that provisional roster had a ton of forwards, like Alex Morgan on the team. Bethany Balser, great forward, just not there yet. Michelle Cooper, again, another college player, along with um, Alyssa Thompson. You know, I didn't think we, they were going to make the team, personally, with the amount of depth that the U.S. women's national team has. But um, Sydney LaRue was an interesting one. I think it was kind of sad that she didn't make it, along with Jess McDonald. You know, like, would have been a nice homecoming. But again, none of them have, like, amazing form in the NWSL right now. So, you know, that's kind of that. Ashley Hatch, 
you know, she made it, which, not again, not really a surprise. Tobin Heath is one a lot of people will be sad about to, you know, not see on this roster, having her being such a big player. I think that, you know, hopefully we'll get to see her sooner in, like, club soccer. You know, how she got to as a star striker at BYU, which is... She, um, and she's going to be, her second friendly is going to be in the same stadium where she earned her first U.S. Women's National Team cap. Because they're playing, the first game in, um, the first game's going to be in, like, Colorado at Dick Sporting Woods Park. And the second game is going to be at the Utah Royals old stadium, which was, um, it's called Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy, Utah, and it'll be at 10 p.m. start, so a later game. It's a midweek game anyway, so, yeah. Um, let's move on to some more midfielders. We've got, i sorry, attackers, excuse me. Cece Kaiser, another good player on, um, well, now, so he's just saying Louisville. Now Kansas City, she just got traded. She's had a busy week, I think, you know, for her. She'll not, I mean, I'm sure she would have loved to play for the US Women's National Team, but the amount of, like, stuff that's going on in her life right now, like moving around, you know, stuff like that, I think that, for her, it might not be the worst thing to be able to just, you know, take some time, settle down in Kansas City. And I wish her the best of luck in her future career for the U.S. Women's National Team and for the Kansas City Current. J-Mac, Jess McDonald, you know, it's another sad player that didn't make it. Kristen Press, I can't even, like, that was so fuming for me. I was absolutely, like, I was losing it. When they did not call Kristen Press up, I was like, um, hello, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you kind of got to include one of the best strikers in the world. And it was very surprising for me, at least in my opinion. Like, I am kind of surprised that they would find a way to leave her off. But, you know, again speaks to the depth that the U.S. Women's National Team has. Pew, Purse, Rapino, Pew and Rapino. I think we knew were going to make it. Purse was a surprising one. I'm surprised that they picked her, to be quite honest. I would have thought someone like a Morgan Weaver would have made it over her, but that's just my opinion. Rodman, again, and Sanchez, what do you, and Smith, like, those three are three of the future players in the U.S. Women's National Team. Like, there's no doubting it. Thompson, I mentioned, you know, another college player. She'll get there eventually. Watt and Weaver, again, two young players. Watt, I don't think, is ready yet, but she's so close. And Weaver is a good player who I think should have made it over purse, but that's just my opinion. So, here's the the squad. I've gone over it. Now I'm going to pick my starting 11. So, I'm going to do it in a 4-3-3 defend. So, like, a CDM. And two center midfielders. So in goal, I'm going to go for Nair. I just think the lack of experience internationally for Kingsbury and Murphy only having five caps combined is just going to make Nair the starter of this team. You know, I think Murphy could be challenging her by the end of the year. Kingsbury's just older. I just think she missed her window personally, but that's just my opinion. In the back line, I think Fox is definitely your left back. As I mentioned earlier, I'm putting Sauerbrunn and Cook in that... um, center back partnership and I'm going to have O'Hara on the right and see in the midfield I'm going to have Sullivan at CDM 
and Horan admitted and Lavelle pushing up more, Sullivan dropping back, almost making it like a five back. Like five in the back, five up front. I want Lavelle and Horan to really get up the field, push up there. Although I think we could see players like Sanchez and Mewis coming in off the bench and making a real impact. Um, along with Korniak as well, I'm, I'd be love to see her make her debut. Up top, this is where it kind of gets difficult. I think there's so many good players. I think you. I'm going to do one older team and one youth team, and then just have one player who's left out. I think Hatch is kind of like in that me- medium where she's like not super old but not super young, so I'm going to leave her out of this. I do think she can make it, though. I'm going to do one starting lineup of three. I'm going to try and make as big of a bounce as possible, not including Megan Rapino. I'm going to just start there. She hasn't played enough for the rain this season. I'm sorry. I, I love Megan. She's an awesome player. I just don't think she's at, like, U.S. Women's National Team fitness yet. Morgan, though, however, is one of the best players in the NWSL, in my opinion, right now. Has scored nine goals this season. She's starting up top, in my opinion. And on the wings, this is where it gets difficult. I'm between Pugh, Rodman, and Smith. I don't think Purse is there, and I know I've said this. I think that Rodman, Pugh, and Smith are just, again, Purse and Hatch are those two players that are, like, in the middle of age-wise, so they're not, like, the veterans that are in amazing form, but they're not, like, the young players that they need, the U.S. Women's National Team needs to build. So I feel like they're kind of players that are going to be, like, almost, like, in the wrong window. Like, they didn't miss their window. They're amazing players. It's just, like, of the U.S. Women's National Team's caliber, there was never really a chance for them to break in. So I think I'm going to have Pew. She scored an awesome, on the right, um, she scored an awesome goal for the Red Stars last night. Watch that one if you haven't. It was like a 30-yard strike, crossbar down finish. Beautiful goal. She's in it for me. She's the third highest caps on that forward line behind Morgan and Rapino. So I'm going to do that. And this is hard for me, and I don't want to sound controversial. I'm going to pick Smith over Rodman for the starting lineup. I think either could play, Washington Spirit fans. I think it could be either. I would honestly rotate them for both games. I think they're just both so talented in the future. Like, if we were doing this five years down the line, I would have a front line of Pew, Rodman, Smith. That's my opinion. But for now, I think Morgan's just still there. She's got it, like, um, for now. But... Let's um, see. So yeah, anyway, I think that Smith could just make it for that first game. I think she's a little bit more of like a technical player. She, they both have so much pace. But I think Rodman could be a great super sub to use in that first game because you're playing Columbia. And in the second game, you're going to need someone that has like stamina and is quick when the rest of your team is tired. So, um,. I think, like, yeah, I think that she, what I would do with Rodman is because obviously they don't to the team. I want her to come in off the bench in the first game to, like, get add some pace to the team. And the second game against Columbia, I'm going to really hope, I want to really see her be that player that comes in starting and is that, like, Columbia doesn't have as much depth as the U.S., obviously, so I think they should rotate their team 
it's only like a few day break. Yeah, they only have three days in the middle of those two games. So I think Robin's a player if you go for like 20, 30 minutes in that first game, and then you let her play like 70, 80, even 90 in that second game. Just let her do her thing. I think you should give everyone a chance to play in these games. I think as many players as you can get caps in, awesome. I think that, you know, since they're only... Pickett, Coffee, and Howell are only in there for the June friendlies. You know, get them. Get Pickett and Howell. I mean, sorry. Get Pickett and Coffee their first caps and give Howell more experience. I think that's just my take. So, yeah, that's my U.S. Women's National Team take. Remember, I'm going to be doing an episode on specifically the Women's World Cup qualifying tournament for the CONCACAF and the Paris Olympics qualifying tournament. That's, like, the same thing. But, yeah, I'll also be doing one for the Women's Euros. So, look out for those ones. They'll probably both be coming out in July. I'm going to do them right before the tournament starts so we have all the, you know, juicy injury news, juicy all the good news coming out. And, yeah, so thank you so much for listening to this episode, and peace out from your host, LDG.